Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop on vacation in Beverly Hills. You know, I got a hand to you guys. If anything, you are extremely polite. I don't know what you teach these fellows, but they're not just regular cops. Police! You're all under arrest! They're super cops. You do that again, I'll shoot you myself. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills Cop, rated R. Starts Wednesday at the Fayetteville Mall 1, West Hill, and Camillus Mall 1. Welcome to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host and husband, Tyler Wilson. I'm waving to signify hello. Hello, and you're wearing a cute little bracelet that your daughter made you. Oh yeah, she keeps always, uh, if it's out and she sees it, she just brings it to me to put it on. Yeah, that's what kids do. She she demands your loyalty of her her creativity. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm wearing the bracelet. Okay, well, today we are going to be traveling back to 1984 to talk about Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hill? Beverly Hills? Why would it be Beverly Hill? Bev- I don't know. My mind just, like, blanked out all of a sudden. <laughs> was like, well, Beverly Hills, that sounds weird. Fuck my brain. Anyway, before we talk about <laughs> that movie... Well, hold, I just want what? to specify... It's the summer of Brockheimer. It's the summer of Brockheimer. So this is a... Tell me more, uh, Well, it, this is uh, Beverly Hills Cop. This is one of the early uh, hit films from uh, mega action producer Jerry Brockheimer, who would go on to make uh, a couple of uh, Nicolas Cage uh, classics. Bad Boys. Uh, Bad Boys, which we've done in episodes on. We've actually done a couple of episodes on Brockheimer joints before we did the Bad Boys trilogy, and we did Days of Thunder. Uh, but this summer, we're going to be doing a few. We're going to do, uh, I don't know what order we're going to go. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit ourselves to an order, but we're going to do a few. We're going to run, we're going to jump all over, or we're going to at least see a good amount of the, uh, the Brockheimer, uh, magic this summer. Yeah, I feel like you're finally rewarding me after we crossed over the 100 episode mark, because I've been asking to do some of these. We for did. A while. We did Days of Thunder and no. we did Bad Boys. I wanted to do Armageddon. <laughs> okay, well, that might be coming. The Rock. That might be coming. Some other ones. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options uh, going up through. Uh, well, Con Air. His maybe his biggest was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then he became kind of the guy who made a bunch of Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But um, yeah, so Brivial's Cop is one of his. Earliest, I think he made Flashdance before this, and that was kind of his breakout, I guess. But Beverly Hills Cop is obviously uh, a, a marker in the Brockheimer uh, machine of the start of, of something big for that guy. That's right. So anyway. That, that's what you wanted to announce? Yeah. Okay. And this one specifically with Don Simpson. It used to be Brockheimer's Don, uh, Simpson Productions. He died Aww, in the nineties. So I think it might have been. Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, and that's uh, so. This is one of those early collabs. Okay, that's it. I was the only thing I was going to say. Excellent. Great. Well, what you been watching, Tyler? Or well, what have we been watching. We've been watching a few things, including something that was almost an episode. <laughs> Define almost, as in like we watched it. We intend. We watched yes. it with a full intent. I took notes on it. 
Oh, you took you some didn't. notes on it. No, I did. Yeah, there's there's a document that I was when I was pulling up your new document. I saw a document marked. Uh, Does it have this two movie. sentences in it? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't tell, but the little box indicated that there was only like a couple. I could see some scribbles of lines. Sure, sure, sure. But anyway, the movie was 1981's Dragon Slayer. You were really excited about watching because you were just. Uh, I was in the mood for something in my lane. Well, you've been on the heels of watching like all the Game of Thrones and the other stuff that you watch with dragons in it. So you're just like dragons. Do you think I just watch shows with dragons? Yeah, and magic witches you, the, and stuff. Your friends are like, "What's your wife like to watch? Dragons." Yep. Yeah, uh, yep. I was gonna say something inappropriate, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Good restraint. <laughs> yeah. Nice filtering. Uh-huh. Um, in my brain. Yeah. So you watch a lot of witch stuff. So we watch uh, witches and dragons and whatnot. Um, anyway. We watched Dragon Slayer, and uh, I think the problem with us not doing the episode is that you, in like, well, similarly to the Mortal Kombat episode, only more so, you slept through most of Dragon Slayer, and it was not a movie that I was like wanting to nest. It's not, it, there are some there's some good stuff in Dragon Slayer, uh, chiefly like, and one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it, it's from 1981. Uh, George R. R. Martin and Guillermo del Toro are like. They've specifically mentioned the dragon and Dragon Slayer as like inspiration for some of their work. So, you know, it seemed like a good thing. And like, I will say the dragon in the movie is cool. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for the dragon to kind of show up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it does, it's pretty neat. There's a cool sequence in like the fire pit. Um, and I'm on board for any movie that's going to give the leading role to my man Peter McNichol from Alan McBeal. I was definitely mm-hmm. distracted by him. <laughs> It's, he's fact, a weird I, casting I choice. I remember so little of this movie, having watched it just a couple weeks ago. But I do remember him. Yeah. Well, this is pre. This is even like pre-Ghostbusters too, Peter McNichol, you I know? know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a big uh, Peter McNichol fan from uh, Alan McBeal, so I'm going to be all for that. He's got that uh, just that curly hair. He's oh, kind of a, a wimpy dude. Guy, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting casting choice. I mean, I, yeah, I wish it was a... I, I thought there was a lot to like in it, but it was it maybe difficult as an episode because it's just like a lot of not going, not a lot of not going on, and then there's like some cool dragon stuff at the end. Yeah, <laughs> kind of hard to, especially when you you slept through the whole thing. That's maybe why I don't remember so much. Of yeah, it. yeah. I tried to wake up when the dragon was doing cool shit. I remember when the guy. Th- uh, stabbed the other guy in the chest and he died. That's like in the first ten minutes, dear. Yeah, I fell asleep pretty soon after that. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. That guy comes back. Wait, what? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I sort of wait, remember waking up. He was he like a ghost or something? Yeah, this is falling. I mean, <laughs> and I know. I mean, I realize that like Star Wars is cribbing off of like classic serials and classic like heroes' tales. But like when this comes out in 1981. Like, it is obviously cribbing some Star Wars stuff, including, like, this Obi-Wan figure. Who wears, like, a brown robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, there's, there's a little bit of that going on. It was a, it's a, it was a Disney production, but because it was kind of, like, dark and there was some implied death and death, they, uh, they were like, ah, release it under some other name or whatever. So. Interesting. That was about the only most, that was a more interesting. I don't know, we probably could have done an episode on that. But you didn't watch it, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, now we just talked about it right now. There you go. Check. Bonus. Next. Done. Bonus discussion. We also watched uh, another movie that would typically be in my lane, Army of the Dead. Okay, so this is, um, man, Zack Snyder had a big year because he got the Justice League director's cut, Snyder cut out on HBO Max. I wish people could see me rolling my eyes. And Well, we watched it. Um, Zack Snyder, though. So then he made, uh, this is for Netflix, it's Army of the Dead, it's a big, uh, expensive, uh, zombie film, 
it's a heist movie with zombies in it. It is much like as you would expect from a Zack Snyder movie. Uh, for some reason, two and a half hours long. Too long. Uh, lots of characters. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like you enjoyed it much. What did you think? Well, okay, I've watched enough shows that, I don't know, this was not interesting to me at all. I struggle because I'm a guy, and I'm on the record, I think, is saying this a few different times. It's like, ever since, like, Shaun of the Dead came out, which is, I think, a perfect Mm -hmm. movie, uh, I've just been, like, I've had so little patience for zombie movies. I find them to be, for the most part, kind of uninteresting. Uh, Occasionally, there's some cool ideas, and I can like them. You know, look, I I think that uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead uh, that was in like 2005 is pretty good. Like he did a he handled that movie pretty well uh, for you know the intention of what he did. I think it's one of his probably better movies, right? Um, I don't think this one is nearly as good. I don't know why it's two and a half hours long. It is spending a lot of time with characters, but not really giving them anything to do. Um, it, it, the, I think the dramatic stuff is very uh flat uh the main hook of this is dave batista and his just kind of a strange daughter's relationship that i just don't i'm not getting anything from that um the there's 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 you know what's weird is like there's a few different things in the movie that's way they're super interesting and you're just like why don't they go with that one was yes one of which was a thing i almost got hooked and i was like whoa this movie's about to get really there's fucking a, awesome there's a sequence where they get into a vault and one of the characters sees these skeletons and there's just and the guy basically is joking and says like well that could just be us from another time or we're just in an endless time loop we're destined to like keep doing this over and over again i'm like until we yes, get it right i want to yes. see that movie that's an interesting movie they even like showed like they like faked us out with like Oh, the skeletons are wearing a necklace that matches another character's necklace. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna do this time loop thing." And then fucking a, cool. A thing that I didn't even i i i saw i thought i thought I saw something weird for a split second that I thought was unusual, like a glowing eye zombie. And then I found out later, like it's supposed to be a robot. Like there's like a quick shot of like a robot zombie, and I'm just like, "Wait, like let's explore that." And all this is just an annoying way to set up like these prequels and these other things that I don't care about no it's not giving me anything i want in the movie and yeah honestly the only thing i really liked about it was tignatero who was like digitally inserted in the movie after the other actor uh was a creepo and i kind of appreciated how like fairly seamlessly that worked but she doesn't have a lot to do Mm -mm. and the movie doesn't treat her any higher than like the 12th build role that it was in the first place before she took it so i just some people seem to have liked it. I just, I, maybe because people have this goodwill towards Snyder, but to no. me, it was like a lot of the same problems he always does in and movies. And there was a lot of him just showing off without entertaining me. But you know, here's the thing, like, I thought it looked, we- I, I thought it, the movie looked very odd. Um, and then, again, because everybody watched this movie, it was very, I, I, I didn't necessarily pick up on it because I was, <laughs> I think I was pretty, probably just irritated with the movie too early to really care. But like, a lot of the movie is shot, like, out of focus. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, purpose... I don't know if it's purposeful or what, but it's just, like, a lot of weird-looking shots. And I thought it looked weird, but I was just, like, not into it anyway. Yeah. So I wasn't picking at it, but... God, apparently it's just, like... He was his own cinematographer this time, and... Hey, look, even the people... People seem to love that intro... That 10-minute uh, intro that's, like, all slow-mo, 
and it introduces kind of the world of what's going on and people talk, raved about that and even that to me was just like this is just what he does in every one of his movies I can't do this anymore yeah and then it was like the first song finished and then the second song oh, yeah. started because it's so fucking long too long like <laughs> commit to your commit to your one song like, for your montage hey here's this montage where it's there's nobody talking but you're we're gonna get you actually emotionally connected to some characters right away and then we're gonna fucking kill them in the first before the movie well this movie starts. doesn't give a shit about it's any of its characters it's annoying like it doesn't, that's it, fine but then give me an hour and a half movie and get me in and get me out right give I, me two hours and 40 fucking minutes it should be and for like a, I, I to me it like it was a heist movie for a while but not really and then it abandons the heist basically just to be a zombie movie none of the pieces really integrate together well no. and that's kind of the hook right you're like oh I get a, a heist movie with zombies like okay well that's something that's something interesting but it never is actually both of those things at once it is always just one of the other and I I don't think either side was very satisfying and, way uh, too much Snyder needs a fucking editor who can be like no no <laughs> well, no I mean no people I well I don't know chop I, it out good I, idea chop it out I was expecting to like go online afterwards and just be like, "Oh God, people are gonna start hating Zack Snyder again." And I was like, "Oh no, this movie has like decent reviews." I'm like, "Oh man, I must put the odd one out." But I don't know. I did not did not care for it. No, waste of her time. Yep. Unlike. Oh, okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> unlike another show show we watched with so the kids. I think we've uh, talked about this in its previous two seasons, but um, look. Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. If you like Jurassic Park or like even a little bit of the sequels, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is a good show. Like yeah. it delivers on uh it continues to now okay, look. It's been 3 seasons and these kids are still not rescued. It's which been like 6 fucking is, months. It's stretching. I mean, all right. Like <laughs> there's got to be some they need to start addressing this a little bit. Like, it's unusual. Close to some rich kids in this group. Like, these kids are getting rescued. There's rich kids here, right? Take that aside. I know it's a TV show. They're trying to stretch out the adventure. Like, when it comes to, like, every episode just giving you, like, a problem with dinosaurs, <laughs> and they have to solve this problem or beat a dinosaur or get chased by a dinosaur and survive, like, I don't know. It, it just delivers. It continues yeah. to deliver. There's, like, uh... A, another kind of new villain dinosaur in this season that I think is better than like the made up ones we've gotten in the movies. This season got awesome because other people came to the island, adults who get fucking eaten toward the end. Well, that happened in the second season too, if you recall. I um, do not recall. Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. The other people. Yeah, there's a couple, but this one actually does. A, there's a few bits that. Um, oh yeah, no, I appreciate that. There's actually been some uh, human deaths in all three seasons. Yeah, they're like keeping the, the kids are alive. Right. The kids but... are safe. Well, they're barely, but you know, you never, you never know. They might kill one of these kids at the end. You never know. But uh, anyway, it's it's just really solid. I think like the character work has actually been pretty solid with the people. And I again, I think we've talked about this too. Like the animation style and the human kids looks like pretty cartoony. But then they have that. But then the dinosaurs themselves look really like they put extra time into making the yeah. dinosaurs look like the Jurassic. Park. I mean, they're, they're still animated, but they look good. Yeah. It, it has the vibe of Jurassic Park, so. And the stories with the kids and their relationship is very high schoolery and. But not annoying. I would say it has yet to gone. It's yet to take any one of those characters into an annoying place, or take a turn that is overly contrived. Something that like, listen, we watched all ten episodes of Mighty Ducks Game Changers, right? Mm-hmm. And look, that show has some has some charm as being yeah, a Mighty Ducks revival, right? But. 
every other episode there is some contrived shit that's just annoying with involving like the middle school kids that you're just like oh god we're gonna do this storyline the jurassic world show doesn't really dive into that shit because no. there's enough danger already they don't need to be having conflict yeah. that doesn't make sense it addresses you know? like real kid issues yeah. what's this book on the ground here i don't know that's a weird side is this for me or did I get this for someone else? I don't know. It was part of the uh, stuff you had in a pile from. I don't know. What a, what a distraction. Hello. I'm very distracted. No kidding. You're very, so, very distracted. Someone who's easily distracted to, to record in, in your basement area, it's, it's a lot. Makes me feel comfortable. It's a lot. There's a billion things to look at down here. So in a, in a because I was Jurassic Park because we watch it with the kids and the kids are are in they're hooked on the show even though I think the younger two kids probably think it's a little scary. Oh well, they sit through it. Um, I was still pretty jacked after. So I did find I went and returned to before the series started. This new season started. I watched Jurassic World. Uh, cause, uh, you know, cause we also did Jurassic Park 3 for our podcast a, a few weeks back, right? Well, um, like just a couple of nights ago or last night I watched, I rewatched, uh, Haunted Man, Jurassic Haunted Mansion, I Jurassic that you World, did that without me. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I did. You're in bed. What do you want from me? You're sleeping I constantly. Don't know. <laughs> I want to watch these things. You can go pop the DVD in if you want. Um, so we made fun of this movie. I've talked about how it's like the worst one of the franchise. And look, it is. It is the worst movie of the just, franchise. Just end your sentence there. You don't need to start a but. but. I don't know. I had more fun with it this time because it's if once you just like like you know the silliness coming. You the 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 girl, the little girl who is jo- uh, not the not John Hammond's granddaughter, and the haunted mansion with the dinosaur and the Donald Trump auctioneer guy, and it's just all so ridiculous. Like take that aside. It still has, like, some pretty good... Like, the opening scene, which Jurassic... The Camp Cretaceous show basically does a very similar thing this season. That is, like, the intro to uh, the Fallen Kingdom movie. Um, I don't know. The volcano thing is pretty cool. Uh, the T-Rex... They're, they're getting blood from the T-Rex in the cage is pretty cool. Like, especially so, the first hour. It's just goofy fun. And then the second hour is a Haunted Mansion movie, which is very weird. But I don't know. It's bad, but... Uh, you know, what are you going to do? So Dinosaurs. How, how many clones do you think there are in the real world? Like, in the real world? Yeah. Because what do you mean? In the world of Jurassic World? No, in this world that we're living in. I don't know. Because clones were so popular when they were first when we were first cloning sheep. I don't think it's very many. Ago. And here's the reason. I think because this is a major problem of Jurassic World. That this gross underestimation of, like, what clones should cost. Because, like, there's some arms dealers that are paying, like, tw- $10 million for, a, like, an actual dinosaur. That's a ridiculously low number. I feel like the cost to, like, make a clone is like, astronomical. Seems like it would be expensive. Like, so, like, but, you can't sell a dinosaur for just, $12 million. At this point, can you just, like, 3D print a dinosaur? What are we talking here? Well, no, you can't just... There's, It's got a, it's got organic material moving around in there. Yeah, you could, like, 3D print a heart. Pretty certain you could 3D print a dinosaur. Okay, but a, a heart can function in a system. <laughs> like, no, this is a whole just creature. Just that's where we're headed, Tyler. Maybe, But that's where fine. are the human clones? I'm thinking it's too expensive. Well, there's well, there's one in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> I'm thinking they're all over the place. I'm thinking we got the, an island situation happening. What was the name of that movie? That's a Michael Bay movie, but that doesn't feature... Jer- that's not a Jerry Brockheimer production, oh. therefore we cannot talk about it this summer. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> fuck. 
Anyway, Fallen Kingdom. That's got ScarJo, though, Tyler. It does got ScarJo at her... What's it uh, called? It's called The Island. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's called The Island. It's not... Here, here's the thing about you and those Michael Bay movies. You forget that they're all terrible. Yeah, but they're so simple and easy <laughs> to remember, like, the main things of them, because they're, like, loud. Yes. And and I like the loudness of them. And But then I'm like, that movie sucks. Yeah. But then I'm like, I love that movie. No, you don't. I promise you don't. But my brain's like, ah, you love that movie. <laughs> I promise you don't. Whatever. Con you keep Air doing is that. Bomb. Con Air is not Michael Bay. <laughs> That's well, Simon West. What are we West. talking about? I'm so confused. Talk about the island. That has not, nothing no, to do with Con Air. What's the summer thing we're doing? Michael summer Bay? of Jerry Brockheimer is the producer. He's I producing the movie. I wanted to do Michael Bay movies. He's not lying producing the movie. He's producing the movie. So how many Michael Bay Brockheimer concoctions do we get? They did three together. What? What three? They did The Rock. They did yep. Armageddon. And they yep. did a movie that we may or may not do called Pearl Harbor. Oh, no. We can skip Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to I'm do saying. that movie. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. Those are the three that they made together. That's when it, they really started to crash and burn. <laughs> You're making a face like people can see that but, uh, <laughs> you get it because planes that was like that was a real event where people died yeah <laughs> many people and that movie should have died and not ever made it to the screen that sequence in the middle the actual sequence is really good but then there's yeah, the you just problem take away all the storyline yeah. and the characters and the actors well that's the problem i mean it like if for you take ben affleck out for 40 i mean for 40 minutes of that, she's not in that movie <laughs> Who's in the movie? Some That's lady. Kate Beckinsale. Take her the fuck out of there. No, it's Liv, Liv Tyler's in Armageddon. <laughs> they should have cast Liv Tyler. They've been better. Been Surprised like they didn't, frankly. Yeah, that would have been way better. I don't think Liv Tyler enjoyed working on Armageddon. I'm just conjecturing. What? I'm, well, look. <laughs> I feel like I've read something. I think you could get a vibe it. of like how a Michael Bay movie gets made, and it's just like, mm, I don't think I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, now I feel uncomfortable watching these move going back and watching. We know these. Megan Fox didn't like making Michael Bay movies, so She's pretty clear about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, you okay. were talking about you went on a I don't know you went on a thing about the island, which is not anything we talked Clones. about. Jurassic Clones, Jurassic World. Yeah, that's what anyway. There's that's... a there's a human clone in Fallen Kingdom. There you go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. What other amazing things have you been watching? Oh, you know, I watched uh, Net- Netflix finally released the movie called The Woman in the Window, which was you know supposed to be in theaters a couple years ago. It's got Amy Adams. It's very much intentionally a rear window ripoff. Oh, she's... I can only watch so many of those, and by that I mean I've seen enough. <laughs> so she, you know, she's she's uh, stuck in her house. She's not stuck in her house, but she's by choice in her house. She sees. I want the quarantine version. I take. Is, I take back my previous statement. I will watch a COVID version. Of it's this. not a COVID. It's not COVID. She's. Uh, she's. No, it's not COVID. She's no, an agoraphobic. I, I want a COVID version of this. Well, no, you don't. You really don't. I promise you don't. Because it's already the. It exists. It's called the woman in the window. Just take out the part where it's like she's an agoraphobic and be like, oh, COVID's there, and the movie works exactly the same. It's, there's no different. Murder. She witnesses a murder. She thinks she's going crazy. Other people think she's going crazy, but she probably did witness the murder. You know how these things go. Yeah. Uh, it, the cast is completely overqualified. Gary Oldman is like the creepy neighbor, but he's in like 15 minutes of the thing. Well, you see the murderer? Uh, I mean, Amy Adams certainly thinks it is. Ooh. Julianne Moore is in it for a little bit. Uh, it's just, it's got people in it, right? And, um, this is like, you know how I love Amy Adams, right? Mm-hmm. It pains me to say it. Oh. This is like the second movie in a row where I'm just like, you are trying way too hard for the material you're in. Like, she did this with Hillbilly Elegy, too. It's just, 
Like, that movie sucks, but she is that just... sucks. She's trying so hard in that movie and, like, giving this overwrought, um, over-emotive performance. And I feel oh, like calm it's... calm down, lady. It's kind of the same here. It just... It would be one thing if it matched, like... In Hillbilly LGB, it was all yeah. arced that wow. way. It was just Gross. too much, right? In this, she feels like she's alone in the rest of this just ludicrous world. And mm-hmm. it just... I think she's trying. It's not like a... She's not like a, she's not giving a bad performance. It's just the wrong tune. Same with Hillbilly Eligible, Hell, Elegy. It is just not right. Mm, that's <laughs> and the, the director's fault. And everybody else in it isn't particularly great. This she has one scene with Julianne Moore that is pretty good, and then that happens early, and then we don't really get anything half as good Who's again. Who's the director? Oh, it is someone who is overqualified. It's like Joe Wright who made like Atonement and. Uh, like, he's a... I don't know why he's even doing this movie. Um, it's a strange choice, and you could tell he over-directed the, the thing, mm-hmm. too. It just... Everything about it is too much. Too, too, too much. Um, gotcha. Anyway, it was fine. Now, the other one I watched, which is the HBO... Uh, it was an HBO Max uh, joint. has Angelina Jolie in it called Those Who Wish Me Dead. And it was uh, directed by... The guy who wrote Hell or High Water... Which is a great, great recent movie, but then he also di- wrote and directed. What is the name of that movie with Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen? They're solving a crime, like Wind River or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a crime yeah, procedural. It's a pretty solid movie, right? So this is a movie where um, Angelina Jolie is like a, a smoke jumper, or she's like a firefighter in a wildfire area. Uh, she has a past trauma, but you know they don't like. It's just kind of like real quickly push to the side which i appreciate it just quickly we don't dwell on it too much and uh then there's like there's a kid who is like a witness and some mobsters are going after him and they're going into the woods and they're starting fires and angina jolie's got to protect this kid and it is a movie that feels like it like should have been made and was made in like 1996 Mm -hmm. and i'm all about that is it like a john grisham movie no, it's like it's definitely more like a '90s action, like mid-budget action movie where there's just like peril and there's lightning strikes and there's fire and they got to run through fire and Angelina Jolie is just being a badass and like, is it a great movie? No, is it like super 1996 kind of entertaining? Yes, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's it's just it's too super watchable, I would say. It's something you could turn on. It's a Saturday afternoon dad movie. That's what it is. And you watched it without me. Yeah, you were sleeping. Napping. Damn it, Tyler. Tick-tocking. I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> that was okay. It wasn't, like, great, but I thought it was a solid movie. Decent supporting cast. Jolie's good. I honestly could have ditched, like... They kind of focus on the, the bad guys a little bit, and they're a little uninteresting, and I kind of would have just, like, preferred to just stay with Jolie, mm-hmm. who is... You know, she doesn't do a lot of... um I don't know. Like, she seems to act very sporadically. You don't see her. She, you know, it's, it doesn't no, seem like she's in a she's ton of random. movies at once. So I I like when she's in a movie, and especially when she's, like, the star. I'm just like, yeah, give me more of that. I mm-hmm. like Angelina Jolie. Give me that. I want that. Yeah, she's a good actress. Um, so, anyway. It was all right. Okay. Anything else on the list that I gave you? I forgot. Yeah, a little Kate Winslet show. Oh, yeah. So I finished uh, Mayor of Easttown, and it was weird. I was just telling you this off mic. It was weird to be, like... Like HBO like had a, a technical issue on Sunday night, 
And I didn't know that, but I was pissed off because we got home from doing something and I was super tired and I just wanted to watch the last goddamn episode of Merit East Time and it wasn't working. And I was like, fuck, what the fuck? And then the next morning I read like, oh, outage with HBO causes because it buzzy show. And it just felt so weird to be like, I'm watching something that like is in the zeitgeist, right? It just feels like, especially after COVID, I haven't done anything that is like remotely like watching things that are popular or being involved in a show. I haven't been involved in a show week to week in like years. I can't even think of the last show where I was just like, I have to watch that on Friday. Oh, I think I can think of like the last three. Well, like Mandalorian and stuff, but like that's star. I mean, that's different. I don't know. Just, it's different. You literally (laughs) just said, I can't think of the last show that like I have to watch on Friday. Well, we just watched uh, that one. Again, I don't soldier and we just watched fucking, I don't feel, I didn't, it didn't feel like as you did it though, is my point. I know, but it didn't, it didn't feel like concede. I'm trying to make a different point. I'm just trying to say like, it's a show that was the Mandalorian is, is, for the lot what what are you rolling your eyes no, it's okay keep going it's a show that like is like each episode is a little bit self-contained like they're supposed to be kind of entertaining on their own and yes there's an like, overarching structure but like were you ever like concerned about like if baby yoda was gonna like survive an episode like the, the, yes. the 10th episode no. no it's a different kind of vibe same with like uh wandavision like you know they're not like these characters are they're moving on to other ip there's nothing that's going to be, whereas Mayor of Easttown's like, it's a limited series. It's over. You can't... Now, of course, now because it's so popular, they're like, we might bring Mayor of Easttown back for a second season. People seem to love it. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. You can't keep doing that to us. Just know you said you were not... It was one season. We don't need any more. Um, anyway. You and your inability to commit to TV shows. I watched it. I watched it for Kate Winslet. She is uh, You did great. watch it for Kate Winslet. I did. I watched it for Kate Winslet. And then the other thing I noted, because like, I watched this little behind-the-scenes thing that was on the app, too, which you should not watch unless you've seen the whole show because it reveals things. But, like, they're commenting on, like, oh, this is, like, the first time uh, Kate Winslet's, like, held a gun in a movie. I was just like, wait, what? Like, she's been around for 25 years. She's never, like, played. I was like, oh, yeah, she never, like, plays a cop or anything. It's weird. She's too cool for that. I guess. And then, and then of course, the one time she does play a cop, it's like, she's deliberately, like, run down. She's got a knee problem. I mean, she, she hops through the whole, whole show. She never, like, actually does, like, a run or anything. She's injured her knee, like, from the beginning, so. Spoiler. Yeah, anyway. Stop spoiling that. It's good. I, um, I was there for the, I think the performances are, are good. I don't know. The mystery is the mystery. I guess it's satisfying. I don't know. Whatever. Give me more Kate Winslet. With oh that my God, you're so weird annoying. accent. <laughs> Gotta get that murder and dirt. Stop! Don't do don't try to fucking copy it, Tyler. <laughs> Jesus, it's hard. You watch anything? Nothing of interest. You watched the hundredth episode of the hundred. I did. Isn't that the final episode? It was. Did here's the thing. So uh, I don't know. That show started a while ago, mm-hmm. and I I binge him so quickly, and then there's so much time in between seasons that I. It's almost like a new show every time I watch it, because yeah. I don't fucking remember anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, they killed a bunch of people. Some people survived. It's just it's just bizarre. It's like they're hopping different planets now. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's time for that show to be over. And they did the thing where they really made it over. No, uh like, I have an idea for a 100 sequel show. Stop. Instead of the 100, you call it the 1, and you start with the 100, and you do 100 episodes until you have one character left. I mean, that's almost what happened, basically. <laughs> Spoiler alert. A lot of people die. Pretty much everyone in the world died. Oh, cool. What I a mean, fun that's, show. That's the start of the show. What? That's that's the, the, the whole show concept. 
is that the world basically goes through a nuclear bombing. And then there's these people that have survived up in spaceships. And now they're wondering if Earth is survivable. So they send a hundred kids down, essentially, to test it. But there's other people. Yeah, not for long. Most of them die. Everybody dies. What a great show. Yeah. Although, uh, one of the gals on the show... April O'Neil. Was, no. She was in that other thing we watched. Desmond. No, that that terrible Army of the Dead show. Oh, yeah, but... Sh- was that the one? one? No, you were something else. What movie were watching? It, oh, my gosh, what was that? Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about this movie. Uh, the movie Jiu-Jitsu with Nicolas Cage. Uh, oh, Where yeah. she was, like, the random, like, FBI agent for... Yeah, that's right. Man. Oh, that's a movie we watched. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We forgot to talk about <laughs> jujitsu. We watched jujitsu starring Nicolas Cage. Well, kind of starring Nicolas Cage. I mean, it would have been better if it was starring Nicolas Cage. You know, it has like some real, like, like Tony Jaws in, it, Jaws in it, and there's like some good fighting in it, but then it's also like shot really stupidly. It's like bizarre. stupidly is the word. I'm sorry that's not like good English, but it is, uh, it is just, it like there's, <laughs> there's like it's there's a sequence uh in there's a fight sequence where we're following like first person like someone's just holding one it's like supposed to be one shot following behind a character mm-hmm. but then that shot turns into the character so it becomes like the like a first person oh, yeah, shooter right. type thing yes. or like that hardcore henry movie and then it'll like bounce back out it makes no sense. And then it keeps, like, shifting perspective like it's some kind of video game, and it looks really dumb. It looks really It doesn't bad. look good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it takes, like... I mean, you get to see Nicolas Cage for, like, 30 seconds at the beginning, and then it takes, like, another 30 minutes for him to get in the movie. Yeah. And then he's really only in the movie, like, off and on for, like, the next 30 minutes. And listen... I am all for what he is doing in this movie. Oh, totally. I'm all for, most of the time, I'm all for what he's doing in every movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is no exception. Like, he is a highlight of jujitsu. Yes. But, like, he's not in enough of it. Give me that character and nothing else. Agreed. Anyway, yeah, that girl was in that. But then she disappeared. She's not, like, dead, but she, like, her character just dis- She's, like, and, the lead character for, like, 20 minutes. And came back. Oh, yeah. For 20 minutes, we're, like, following her. Uh-huh. And then it's just like, ah. <laughs> Never comes back. I don't know if she's actually. I don't Did know if she killed her. Did we miss a scene? Maybe. I feel like we missed a scene. It was very weird. Or happened. she's like, I gotta go back to the hundred. <laughs> I can't be on this movie anymore. She's way better in the hundred than she was in that show. I would hope because she's not good in this, and neither is anybody else, with you the know, exception of Nick Cage. It's one of those things where, like, if if you're not a great actor mm-hmm. and you're stuck on a show for seven seasons, it's great. You have consistent work, but then, like, if you're not a great actor. That might be that might be it for you. That guy from my my name is Earl was trying to be the comic relief in that movie. That was bizarre because he <laughs> was, still seemed young, like he 30. looks exactly the same. <laughs> and that show was like fifteen. When did they years shoot ago. this movie? I don't know. I was like, he looked younger. Yeah, he does. He looked like he's I mean, DH. he was wearing a big giant do rag, so you couldn't like see his his the top of his head. So it was hiding any like aging, I think, on the top. I guess, but but fuck, he looked younger than he did in My Name Is Earl. Yeah, that's weird. That was, right? I, yeah, we watched jujitsu. Yeah, would you recommend it to people? <laughs> no. Well, well, I mean, I would. Fa- I mean, if you're like a Nicholas Cage, and why wouldn't you? Um, you could fast forward to his parts. I'm sure there's a guide. That should be a guide because he's made a lot of these straight to video movies and stuff like that. There should just be a, an online guide. Don't steal this idea, internet people. Um, where you just mark, kind of like how like Mister, kind of how like Mister Stimber, Mister Skin. They used to like mark the times when there was nudity in movies or whatever. Or that was in Knocked Up too, wasn't it? Like the guys yeah. in Knocked Up were, yes. or they were trying to like mark yes. when. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, they should just do that with where, where Nicolas Cage appears in these movies. So you can just fast forward to the That's a very old millennial thing to think. What? I'm curious if young millennials know what Mr. Skin is or know. or know what we're talking about <laughs> or have seen Knocked Up. I'm sure that someone, what they do is like someone has already just put all the Nick Cage they scenes just it out on, YouTube. It on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't, there's no guide. You don't yeah. need a guide. But then the, the porn thing was because you couldn't put it on YouTube, obviously, because they don't love porn. <laughs> All right. Well, on the porn note, that's what we've been watching. Uh-huh. A lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Dragon Slayer. Definitely go watch it. Army of the Dead. You don't skip know. It. You should go watch it because you've never seen Dragon Slayer. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 3. Go watch all three seasons, especially if you have, like, a elementary school student and above. Um, <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, if you like uh, haunted mansions and dinosaurs. <laughs> Woman in the Window, skip it if you've seen Rear Window. Yeah. Is that what it's called, Rear Window? Yeah, Rear Window. The Hitchcock classic, uh, sure. Sounded weird all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yeah, it's solid. Oh, with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, good B movie. Mayor of Easttown, if you have a crush on... Uh, That's Kate a good Winslet show if you don't you have a crush on Kate Winslet. Jin- Ninjutsu. If you have a crush on Jean Smart, God, she's great. God, Jean Smart is great in everything. Have you seen everything she's in? Or are you just saying that because you really like her in The we're, Watchmen? We're in the Renaissance. Yeah, well, no, she's been in a couple different shows that I've watched. Like, there's another two shows that I can't think of off the top what, of my head. What, two? That's what I'm saying. It's You um, don't watch shows. Prove it. Like, is it Legion? Or it's something like that. And then there's another one. Is she in like a season What's of Gene uh, Smart? Gene Smart. I'll, and she's in a new one on HBO Max called like Devs or something. I gotta she's watch got that. 121 actors credits. Anyway, she's crushing it. And she's she's so good. She's like this kind of this side character in Mary Town, But my God, she's just amazing in every scene. She's in Big Mouth, Senior Moment, Super Intelligence, Mad About You, Watchmen, Legion. Yep, that was it. Okay. She's in 20 episodes of Legion. Um, there's got to be something else, I thought. Like a sh- TV show? Yeah, I might be confusing her with somebody else from um, Justified. I don't think she's in Justified, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Anyway, she's great. Gene Smart. She's not in Justified. Okay. Anyway... Those are the Well, Margot Martindale was in Justified, and she was oh great. Oh, my God. Focus up, Tyler. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. 37 minutes in. <laughs> That's what we've been watching. Well, sometimes I never know how much of these uh, actual features you've remembered or seen, so i got to fill up the time. Well, if we were talking about Dragon Slayer, we'd need to talk <laughs> That's for why, about 20 more see, minutes. I made this whole plan based on Dragon Slayer, <laughs> because then we would be done, like, oh, well, we only have to talk for, like, 15 minutes on Dragon Slayer. No problem. I'd be like, there was a guy, there was a dragon... That's yeah, what we got. Pretty much, yeah. Now, granted, we use some of this time. Maybe we'll just mark it and Dragon Slayer, so then it's not. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. But definitely let people know when we actually start talking about Beverly Hills. Ack. You never do that. People like that. Who cares what they like? This is not for other people. Who's it for? Nobody. <laughs> so why do we publish? It? I don't know. For fun? No, I don't know. Okay. Because so you could say, because then you could tell people like we do something. So it's so. It, so then but you it don't want the, no. But you don't want them to listen. <laughs> you just want to tell them to do it, so they'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting. You're an interesting person." But I'm not going to listen to it. That, but that's an interesting thing that you do, and that's what you want. You don't want anybody to actually listen to it. You just want people to think that you're interesting. No, in fact, that I want only an I only want anonymous people to listen who don't know who. No, I, am. Who I don't even know who those people are. It's fine. I don't care if they listen. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> You're so mean to the people who do. Nobody. Yeah, all 30 of them. <laughs> all 30 of them. It's not even not even that number. All right. What are we talking about? 
Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> That's right. Let's do some high stats, which you said you had opened up for me, but you had not. Wikipedia has it. I like Wikipedia. I don't like it. The data isn't. The data's right there. The information's right there. You know what? You're such a fucking millennial with your Wikipedia Wikipedia is airtight. Nothing bad ever happens on Wikipedia. Fuck. (laughs) Nothing bad ever happened on Wikipedia. All right. Beverly Hills Cop. High stats. Okay. High stats. It's a movie that came out in December. Christmas movie. December 5th. Ooh, December 5th. Yeah, I was about to say that. Who's doing the high stats? I don't know. I opened that screen up, so I saw that date. December 5th, 1984. (laughs) Just mm-hmm. a little bit after you were born. No, I was a very wee little lad at so this little point. baby. I did not see this in the theater unless my parents went and I was a baby. It which is possible. It is rated R. It is. Oh, yeah, it is. Clocks in at an hour and 45 minutes. That's a good length, though. I feel like it cruises pretty well. Yeah, I do, too. I don't feel like they needed to cut much more. I wouldn't have cut. They didn't, they, need, they didn't need any cutting. Um, it is directed by Martin Brest, B-R-E-S-T. I could tell you a little bit about Martin Brest if you like. Tell me. He's an interesting cat because he made a lot of um, pretty well liked movies. Um, well, I mean, he made this is pretty well loved. He never didn't do the sequels, obviously. And then he did Midnight Run, which is very popular. He did Scent of a Woman, which I think people love, but is maybe not a great movie. But then this is what whoa, happened. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, it might be a future episode. I don't whoa, know. whoa, whoa! Did you just say Scent of a Woman is not a great I think movie? It's the movie that Al Pacino won his Oscar for, but like everybody kind of feels like that was like a like a. a, a a gimme Oscar because we didn't give him one for any of the Godfather or anything or anything else. We're just like, oh, fine here, we'll, but we owe him a Oscar. Here's a movie where we'll give him an Oscar. I think that's what we think about Saint of a Woman. I don't know. I don't know if I've even seen Saint of a Woman since like I 1994. Don't think you have. <laughs> you don't think you have. I don't care. What What's it about? It's a guy named Al Pacino. He smells women. He goes, ah. What's the defining characteristic about him? And Robin is there. Oh, he's got some kind of a thing. That's the other reason why. Like, he's got, like, some kind of, like, actory, like, ailment or something. He's fucking blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> an actory ailment. Yeah, and, and just to get an Oscar, he's, like, feeling the room around a he little bit. He drives a car, Tyler. That's ridiculous. I think he's blind. It has been a while since I've seen that movie. I could be wrong Robin is in it. I don't know. This is the seg- This is the segment we would do before we watched Son of a Woman. But see, we're not going to do that right now because it's Summer of Block. Busters and but Summer he, of Brockheimer. Okay, talk to me more. He's done Meet Joe Black. Okay, this is the interesting thing. Yeah, so he does Meet Joe Black, which is like kind of considered to be a pretty big, like expensive dud. It's like that three hour uh, Brad Pitt movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he makes a little movie called Geely with Ben Affleck Ooh. and J Lo in the heat of the Benefer action, which is interestingly enough, re sparked as of uh, recent times. Yeah. Um, and is, you know, a notoriously bad movie. And then, like, basically, I don't think he's directed anything since he's made Geely. Maybe he's written some stuff since then, but he's not directed since Geely. Yikes. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, is Geely bad? Yeah. Is it that guy's fault? I don't think so. But, you know, probably could have been better. Okay. So, anyway, he's an interesting cat. All right. The guy who made this, and then he also would go on to so, make Geely? That's so a strange I mean, it's career. a random, random... Yeah. It's just um, the are. screenplay is by Daniel Petrie Jr. Would yes. you like to hear some interesting things about him? No, I do know that this was nominated for an Oscar for its screenplay, which I is I find very surprising. It doesn't seem like an Oscar type movie. This is a very white guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to share that because you know Beverly Hills Scott. It's a very white guy. He he wrote Turner and Hooch. Okay, sure. 
Oh, maybe he's... Oh, no, no. Here, I have my producer. Yep. Turner and Hooch, all the Beverly Hills Cop, Toy Soldiers. Well, he might have gotten just story credit. I don't know. Maybe oh, he, he got actually... character credit. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah, 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 exactly. In the Army Now. <laughs> Past episode, In the Army Past Now. Past episode. Yep. A movie that I like. <laughs> and then a ton of episodes of a couple shows called The Big Easy and Combat Hospital. Clearly likes, like... Okay. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, it was nominated for an Oscar, and in, I, the thing about it is, I, I mean, I think it is a a, a good uh, comedy script, right? But at the time, I think it's because a lot of this, this is like a, a type of movie that isn't exactly, wasn't exactly a type of movie until Beverly Hills Cop, kind of. Like this action buddy comedy type of tone mm-hmm. with the cop form, and I think um, that's why it had the acclaim, and it was a big hit. And, um, I mean, a lot of movies uh, definitely copy this form. Um, I was listening to a different sports, like a sports con- podcast that randomly talked about Rush Hour, and they were just all they could talk about was how Rush Hour was compared to Beverly Hills Cop. And I've seen Rush Hour probably way more than I've seen Beverly mm-hmm. Hills Cop uh, because Jackie Chan, because Jackie yeah. Chan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it is, remar- but yeah, I mean, they were absolutely right. I never thought about it because I've seen that movie more, but it's like, oh my god, this whole movie is just like Rush Hour is Beverly Hills Cop, the beginning of the movie especially. Uh, with like this setup that Eddie Murphy goes on, it seems like he's like hawking cigarettes, and it's very similar to yes. something that happens in. But Beverly Hills Cop isn't a traditional buddy cop. It movie. isn't unless you kind of count both Judd, uh, uh, Judd, uh, Judge Reinhold and John Aston. I don't. We'll talk about it. Okay. But I think that's why the why this movie. I think, but that's kind of where the element comes yeah, from. Those totally. two guys, and then they have a little buddy thing going on, and then yes. when they're with Eddie Murphy, there's another buddy thing going on. Yes. The movie had a budget of fourteen million, which yeah. it made in its opening weekend. Nice, and then grossed in U.S. two hundred thirty-four million worldwide, three hundred sixteen million. Big hit. Oh, this three hundred million dollars. This is at Woo! the peak of uh, Eddie Murphy's powers. Obviously, um, I mean, he could do no wrong. I mean, he's been a, he's had a few different periods like this in his career, but yeah, I mean, this was a uh, a big hit. And you, I mean, it's a, it, what what is this movie other than just a straight vehicle for Eddie Murphy to just, like, go. Mm-hmm. It's like, go. Like, I don't even know, like... That's an interesting question. Like, did the screenwriter of this movie... Like, is it his movie? Or, like, how much of this is Eddie Murphy just, like, being Eddie Murphy and doing his own thing and yeah. bringing his stuff to it or what? Because it definitely feels like an Eddie Murphy movie, right? Yeah, I mean, we look, probably should have watched some some behind the scenes. If that. that guy did, that's great. But, like, this is very Eddie... This is just, like, Eddie Murphy's show. Yeah, it feels like if that was just some white guy... If, <laughs> well, if, me, I don't know. If, it's just If Eddie Murphy's character was played by some white actor... Well, it wouldn't be as good. I, it I, would be a different movie. Here's the thing. It would be a different movie with anybody other than Eddie Murphy. Yes. Like, it's not the same, and it wouldn't work if it was pretty... I mean, it might work to some degree. You could use somebody, but it's not the hit it is. It's not mm-hmm. the movie it is without Eddie Murphy. Right? That's why people remember it. That's why it's good. It's because he's a, he's a star, and he's a star in this movie. So, yeah. Uh, any other high stats that you wanted to make mention of before we move on? Nope. We did not do our normal, uh, what do you remember? Because I feel like when we started this movie, we have a segment of the show. Where we write down what we remember before we watch it. And 
it is supposed to lead to, I don't know, discussion or comic results. But the reality is, is that neither of us really remember how much of this movie we've seen or if we had seen it completely at all in its entirety. Yeah, I mean, it's the same recurring theme of every movie I've watched. I don't remember, but then when I start watching it, I remember that I've seen some of it. And it wasn't until about three quarters of the way through this one that I was like, I've fucking seen this movie. I feel like this, yeah. A lot. I feel like I've seen this movie a few different times on television, in bits and pieces. I could string it together on my own, but, like, as a whole, I'm not sure if I've watched it, like, start to finish, at least not for a long, long time. Or I did, in in the beginning is so not engaging to a young person that I was like, blah, blah, blah. But the then, beginning of this movie? To a young person. To, like, a kid. It was 1984, so if I watched it on TV, it was probably, like, early 90s. Yeah, sure. Uh, what was happening in the beginning was is not as memorable. Are you kidding me? Versus the ending is very memorable. The, well, I would argue the only real action scene of this movie is... I mean, there's a oh, shootout at the, the end. Oh, that's the first, like, two minutes, though. So it's if like you miss bit- that... So Eddie Murphy at the beginning of this movie is, like, he's undercover. He's trying to sell these... He's undercover. He's not really undercover. <laughs> I mean, well, nah. what was he really he's doing? He's undercover. No, that's what he was doing. He was undercover. He was doing of his, his thing. own volition. Oh yeah, he wasn't like he didn't tell anybody. No, he, he was just stole trying... a truck from the compound. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think he got it. He no, knew, uh... they were like, "Where'd the truck? Where'd you get the truck from?" He oh. took it from. Well, it was con- it was in police custody. Yeah, but he took he stole that from but police custody for a bigger operation. Yeah, without any permission. Well, that's, that's all stealing. That's how Axel Foley rolls, baby. I love his name. It, so well, everybody the, does. If the screenwriter came up with even just the name, crushed it. Yeah, that's great. That gets an Oscar just for Axel. No, he didn't win. But, uh, no, so, you know, he's trying to huck these uh, cigarettes. And then some Which is a thing. other cops show up. Yeah, that's, I it's mean, it's, so it's weird a, just watch. a truck full of cigarettes. It's a semi-truck full of cigarettes that someone's trying but to... But the guy is trying to um, stiff him. Uh-huh. So he doesn't... You know, he doesn't take the money, but then when the act, like, some other cops show up, like, they run, and so then he feels the need to be part of, like, the running, because, like, maybe, I guess he's still trying to, like, be undercover? No, he's just stuck in the truck. This was of no decision of his own. Well, nobody's hanging out the truck. He could have let go of the truck. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> just jump out of a running semi-truck when there's police cars and a high-speed chase behind you. Jackie Chan would have done it. <laughs> I think he was just, like, caught. And he couldn't safely escape. But anyway, like, so you get some good, like, um, you know, fast-talking Eddie Murphy here for a little bit, but then, like, it gets into this rather elaborate truck chase where this semi-truck is just like, oh my god, the property damage alone. It's, like, there's so many cars that are wrecked yeah, in this, miss, this city. What I miss about Detroit. movies in the 80s and 90s yeah. was car chase scenes that actually fuck up real oh, cars. fucking up everything. <laughs> it's none of this, like, CG stuff, and I know they do real... F- yeah, they fuck up real cars in Fast and Furious. I know, but Furious. they just make it so fast. This was, like, slow. Oh, yeah, they're not going cars. that fast. They're just, like, kind of, the semi-truck is just kind of running it's over like the truck. crushing into yeah, them, which I is, love it. is satisfying. It's pretty good, yeah. No, I mean, and, you know, outside of the Fast movies and maybe Mission Impossible, we aren't, like, doing a lot of this stuff anymore. Mm. Like, we have two franchises that are, and then everything else is just, like, ah, superheroes fly around. No, superheroes um, fly around. <laughs> I was doing my Marshall voice. Yeah, I heard. Um... No, but this is great. He's like dangling off the side where, you know, Eddie yeah. Murphy's stunt double is dangling, dangling yeah, off the side. Um, yeah, and they just, I mean, this is more, I mean, the bad boys, they get all, they get all, all the shit for damaging the city, but man, I don't know. I think the city of Detroit, the, the, the bill on this sting. Oh, his And they didn't even catch mad. the guys. His boss His boss mad. is mad, and he's, but he's like not that mad. He like chews him out for like a minute, and he's just like, all right, well, 
Go back to work. <laughs> like, All right, you're a good cop. Knock it off. This is your last warning. Bah. And then he's like, that's here. what you took from that scene. Pretty much, yeah. I took a like. This is your last chance. Oh come on! You gotta give him a hundred more chances. Same with Mayor on Mayor of East Town. Gonna give Spoiler, give her thousands of choices, chances. All right, you're gonna watch that show. Probably. Chief gives her lots of chances. I'll just randomly, like, in three years, want to watch it, and I'll watch it all in one day. Chief gives her lots of chances. Okay, because she's good at her job. She's good at her job. But now you're implying that she fucks up, so shut up. Just shut up. up. She doesn't fuck up. She doesn't fuck up. Not the case. Her life, maybe. Oh, my God. If you say (laughs) one more word, I'm going to punch you right across through this microphone. So, um, it takes a little while to get Eddie Murphy to Beverly Hills, but, um, not too bad. His friend comes into uh, town. in a shocking, shocking well, turn for, of events. Well, really, because, like, in, uh, this day and age, we're just not used to, I mean, this is an R-rated movie, and so I guess, and the, the first part of the movie, outside of some language, it doesn't really necessarily feel that way. It's feeling lighthearted. Yeah. We got Eddie Murphy. Well, his friend comes into town, and his friend is clearly, you know, in some shady shit, but they're, you know, they have a past together, they're friends, but then, like, they go out, they come out, and then, here comes... Scary ass Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, well before Breaking Bad, being a terrifying fuck even before that show, and he just pops this guy dead. He's dead. He's gone. Right outside of Eddie Murphy's apartment door. Yeah, he's done. Dunzo dead. Knocks dead as Eddie a Murphy out, kills his friend, shoots him in the head. Yeah, he's done. He's gout. And so, you know, Eddie Murphy wakes up, you know, they. Chief tells him not to get involved, and he's like, I'm going to go take a vacation. Ah, oh, my friend was working in Beverly Hills. I'm just going to go on a vacation. And then and we finally roll into town with a shitty, shitty car <laughs> into oh Beverly God, Hills. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a dark little turn. It takes a little bit of a, a little bit of whiplash. You have to kind of get back into like, uh, Eddie Murphy's got to be funny in this movie, right? But mm-hmm. no, we got some real stakes here. His friend got shot. Mm-hmm. He got shot. He got, Heisenberg went after him. They sent Jonathan Banks. It's fucked up, man. Um, it is so, yeah. But once it gets to Beverly Hills, I, I was I, the thing I surprised me about this movie was just how, like, seemingly little he's interacting with like Judge Reinhold and John Aston and the police department. He's definitely doing his own thing. And the the thing I find interesting is that he doesn't. I know there's a reason he doesn't want like his his boss at, in Detroit to find out what he's doing, right? Because he was told if you t- touch this case, you're fired. But I mean, just like the level he goes to like not involve them to the point where he's getting arrested and he's just like not saying anything about like, oh, I'm a cop, it's cool, or nothing like that. He just kind of just goes and just tries to go as long as possible without ever having to say that he's done, mm-hmm. that he's doing any actual police work. So I was a little bit surprised about like how little he interacts with those two other guys especially and we get scenes of just john astin and judge reinhold and you know i love john astin because he was in the all-time greatest sports movie of all time little big league as billy haywood's assistant coach mm-hmm. he's great and then he's of course great. judge reinhold i mean mr santa claus himself mr mock trial with jay reinhold himself i mean there's is there a better is there a better actor mr. on the planet santa claus himself mr the Mr. The Santa Claus himself. Yeah. Are you think, are you, excuse me, are you trying to tell me that the star of the Santa Claus is Tim Allen? Cause you are mistaken. The star of the Santa Claus is Judge Reinhold. He's a scene stealer and is why you go every single Christmas to that film. That's why I go to that film? His sweaters is what brings it to the, the puts the butts in the seats. We've done that episode. Sure have. Okay. <laughs> and I probably, pretty much I probably talked about how great Judge Reinhold God, was. God, you just want to. Unless him, he's gotten in re- trouble in recent years, in which I disavow everything I just said oh, about him. No. I don't know if he has, but I'm just going to cover my bases. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, 
Yeah. So lots of people are popping up in this movie. We just mentioned those two. Uh, Balky from mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers oh, yeah, shows was... up. Yep. He's working at the art gallery where uh, their mutual friend, there's a woman that he's fr- Eddie Murphy is Axel Foley is friends with, yes. that his friend was friends with. But this is another thing where the movie doesn't make them a... Ro- they're, they're not romantic. This is not a movie where they get romantic. I appreciate that. Kind of interesting, right? Yeah, they're actually just like old high school friends. She goes and hangs out like the hotel and she's like laying on the bed and you're just like, this is going to be a... They're going to have sex. They're going to do And then they thing. don't. Yeah. They're not doing anything. So There's no tension either. Not really, no. They're just trying to help a friend. She's kind of, like, not a great character, though, because she's always just, like, looking for trouble and getting in trouble she's for stupid. no reason. It's kind of annoying. Which is bad, but, um... She's like, hey, our friend just got shot in the head. Can I just, like, join with every activity you're doing? I'm gonna go tag along to this super dangerous, like, drug sting That'll here. That'll be fine, because whoever we're dealing with really has no problem killing people. Clearly, your friend got shot with the in front of a cop, but no less. Oh, shit, man. Maybe they didn't know anywhere was, was that, a cop. Her character's really annoying in that way she isn't in a ton of the movie though so that's kind of okay but yeah uh balky is there just a couple of scenes um uh if you're a perfect stranger that fan, was obviously distracting, though. you recognize <laughs> why you don't like uh you know, balky you know i enjoyed it it was just distracting <laughs> i'll like, tell you I'll, I'll tell you another thing this movie does right in terms of its procedural uh he goes and visits this uh he's investigating his friend's murder and he goes to this office and he, you meet this guy, the sleazy magnet guy, and you're just like, that guy's the bad guy, right? But in a lot of movies, we'll just like not say that right away, and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Or people, because there's even other characters in the movie, the other cops are like, oh, you're going to that guy? He's an upstanding citizen. He donates all this, all this money, and it's just like, yeah, but we know he's the bad guy. Whereas this movie like just sits Jonathan Banks in the same room, so you absolutely know for beyond the shadow of doubt, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. The bad guy, Eddie Murphy's right on. No surprise twist or no, anything. Nothing. It's just we know it's the bad guy, so let's just put the guy who shot yeah. them right next to him yeah. and be done with it, right? I appreciate that. Just keep moving. Um Yeah, were there anything I feel like to me this is a movie where there's a procedure going on, but like it's just a series of just like Eddie Murphy getting to be great. Um you know, you get the banana scene, obviously. Which is amazing, mm-hmm. which we can pause and talk about in a minute. But, um, you know, we go between like him being like, um, really big Eddie Murphy, like being loud and boisterous to like get into a room or something like that, or at fast talk some to weigh his way in something. And that can be funny, but he's also like a really like pretty competent cop. Like he's, he's loud mouthing at the, he takes the two other cops to a strip club and he's immediately like pointing out like two perps who are coming in to rob the place. This has nothing to do with the bigger plot, yeah, but he's just nothing. recognizing this and he's telling these other guys to go do this, go do that. And so he's a really good cop. He's able to see things like that. I like that scene. I love the scene where he goes to like the, um, customs and he's like just chewing the ass out of the guy. Like he's pretending to be an inspector. And, yeah, and it, it, and these are scenes because we've we've, we've copied this form so much. We've seen this a hundred times in a hundred different movies, right? But like, there's no one better at that than Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. because not only is it really funny, but it's like like he's convincing in the part of we're just like I'm going to talk so much until you just give me what I want. I'm not going to let you. And it works on people who are just weak. You know, mm-hmm. he's he attacks the weak with words, which I just. Uh, I love. I like his uh, interaction where he goes and meets the bad guy again, and he like chucks Jonathan Banks into the dinner table. Um, but he like is acting a certain way. He's acting like a boyfriend to get into the place in the first place. I just, uh, it's just uh, you know, it's just a showcase for um, what you like about Eddie Murphy in a movie. 
That's what I like about it. And the best thing of all time is obviously the banana in the tailpipe. The banana in the tailpipe. How many times as a kid did you watch the banana in the tailpipe scene and then immediately rewind it and then watch the banana in the tailpipe scene again and then immediately rewind it and then watch the banana in the tailpipe scene again I think this and is immediately a, rewind I, I it? I think you have an answer to this question. 150? You've done that? No. I, know, I said I haven't seen the movie except for on I know. Television. I was like, I'm so confused. You're trying to be funny. What's happening? No, but there... <laughs> what's funny is that I know... I know the bit well, but it's also... And by the way, it's Damon Wayans who's like the um, the waiter or the guy at the rest at the hotel restaurant who gives him the banana. Mm-hmm. It's Damon Wayans. That's, Multiple bananas, not just one. Like yeah. three bananas. He gives him like a few bananas, right? Um, but there is a bit part in the clerk's cartoon television show where they do <laughs> they have an eddie murphy come and uh they put bananas and tailpipes for like three times in a row mm-hmm. and then it does the laugh that eddie murphy does mm-hmm. which we had a discussion of which we can get into um but like that's what i <laughs> that's why i like it so much because it's like this gag where he just keeps putting the banana in the tailpipe and really he only does it like one time in the movie he uh, has to get rid of some other cops, and you think maybe he'll do it again, but the cops brag about, like, you're not going to put a banana in our tailpipe, and he just easily loses them anyway. But uh, the bit I like about that is like, what I forgot was um, he puts the banana in the tailpipe, but he distracts them by sending out, like, food from the rest room from the room service to yeah. their car, and so they're super distracted. But then I also like how he, like, hops in the car, and it's just, like, openly mocking them. Um, yeah, so... I love the Eddie Murphy laugh in this movie, but you were telling me that maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't do it because it might be racist. Yeah, I think you can like it. I don't <laughs> think that you should imitate it. Why? Cuz you're white. But I don't think it's like it's 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 Axel Foley's laugh. It's not like a it's not a other th- it's not anything other than like Axel Foley's laugh. Um, you don't he doesn't do that in other movies. Yes, he does. Not like this. This is like this is his character. Um Let's hear it. Huh? Do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's hard to no. do. It's super Actually, funny. you know what it kind of makes me think of? Huh. It kind of makes me think of The Simpsons Doctor. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, little bit. bit of that. So that's two black black characters, so now it's definitely racist. Yeah, but is The Simpsons character even voiced by a black actor? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> um, anyway, it's super great. Um, the other thing is that I, that I forgot watching it was all, like, there's a few different mi- minor small scenes with John Aston and Judge Reinhold together in the cop car, or they're on the stakeout, <laughs> and, like, Reinhold is, like, a, just a comedy king in these mm-hmm. moments. He's just like, hey, like, he's complaining about, like, eating a lot of red meat. It's like, it's not good for you. Like, he just, like, these deadpan remarks, which I think are great. And it works really well because Judge Reinhold has to, like, help Eddie Murphy at the end crack this case. And, like, his level of indecision to, like, get out of a car. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like life or death. People are going to get killed. But he's just like, oh, should I get out of the car? Like, what's on his face is uh, very funny to me. Which is, like, I don't know. They're they're bad. I mean, that's the joke. I mean, these guys are just, like, not great cops. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he's good at being kind of a not-great car. But then we learn he's a very good shot. He is the one who just, like, mm-hmm. nails a few different people. I don't know. Is is it racist to say that Eddie Murphy's a better cop because he comes from Detroit where there's actual crime? And then here in Beverly Hills, Hills where it's just a bunch of fucking rich white people, the, these cops are just, like, they have nothing to do ever? I don't know if it's racist so much as just, like, 
they're not great cops because they they're in like a super like plain no crime area and it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of rich people. It's just like white collar crime because no one has to because well look crime comes from poverty right mm-hmm. people commit crimes because they need money and they need basic necessities this is just how crime works when you're surrounded by a bunch of rich people they find other ways to like steal and do terrible Obviously, things I mean, that's what the but they don't about. do uh but they don't do you know uh things that necessarily a police officer is going to catch in the act they're mm-hmm. doing lots of other terrible things that we should be upset about but mm-hmm. no he's just a better cop he would be a better cop there like he would find look obviously this is a guy in beverly hills who's murdering people and sending breaking bad characters to kill people i mean come on there's stuff to uncover there's a massive drug ring here no one even knows what the coffee's for the coffee grounds and no one has any idea except for eddie murphy let's do our little segment called what would roger say okay what would roger say it's where we take a look back at what Roger Ebert said back in the day. So back in 1984, I know you already had the page open, but what do you think uh, Roger Ebert thought of this movie? I Well, you can't ask me because I did see the number. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit surprised that it only got a two and a half stars. You, you, I'm actually surprised it got two and a half stars because I, I didn't read this until I had already listened to him and Siskel talk about it. Oh, okay. They trashed it. They did oh, they not didn't. like this movie at all. Really? They trashed it. They thought it was a huge disappointment. They didn't know it. Like, the movie couldn't decide if it wanted to be an action movie or a comedy. And it's almost like how you said that like, this is the first of many of these, like, buddy cop funny movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like they weren't expecting that. And so they didn't have something to gauge it on. Yeah. So they were like, this movie was trying to, like, shove a comedy into an action movie, but then it just showed a bunch of incompetent cops and then ended with a big machine gun scene. And he was not having it. The machine gun scene is comical, though. He didn't like it. He he likened it to, like, why do we owe all these uh, directors and writers think that you can just end the last 30 minutes with a big shootout scene and then that's all that the audience wants? Well, I mean, I will say that it does... Like, it is a little bit weird how all of a sudden that's what this ending is. Right? Because yeah, then it's just like all a of a sudden weird. there's like all these henchmen guys and they're all firing at. And I kind of like it because we spend five minutes of John Ashton trying to get Judge Reinhold or Judge Reinhold trying to get John Ashton over a fence. And Eddie Murphy's just gone around the corner just laughing at them. Find that to be very funny. The way that Judge Reinhold is trying to stop this guy, this hilarious looking henchman with these. There's a few hilarious looking henchmen here. Yeah. Like almost like Revenge of the Ninja level. Like Bor- cowboy Borat type people are there, mm-hmm. which oh man, when are you gonna let me do that episode? But um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's just comical characters, and they're just black. I mean, there's been like not other than like the murder at the beginning. There hasn't been a lot of gunplay, but mm-hmm. here we go. These guys are just like rock rocking off mm-hmm. these giant uh, machine guns all of a sudden, and Reynolds trying to get him to uh, say you're under arrest. And they just keep shooting at him, and th- there's like comic beats in the middle of this, but it's. Uh, it is a little weird that it just, yeah. this is what it turns into. It's, cause I, I think the movie kind of, it has this big scene at the beginning, but then in the middle, it's not really anything other than like a procedural investigation with comedy. Mm-hmm. So then to go back to that action thing, I guess could be maybe jarring, but. Yeah, here's what he said. You want me to read yeah. it? Murphy is one of the smartest and quickest young comic actors in the movies. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But he is not an action hero, despite his success in 48 Hours. And by plugging him into an action movie, the producers of Beverly Hills Cop reveal a lack of confidence in their original story inspiration. It's like they had a story conference that boiled down to, Hey gang, here's a great idea. Let's turn it into a standard idea and fill it with cliches and take out the satire and put in a lot of machine guns. Now, I haven't seen 40... So the, I was under the impression that maybe 48 Hours was 
after this, but that kind of throws a wrench in this whole, like, buddy cop type. Because Midnight Run is around this time where Martin Bress also made that, which is this kind of the same tone. But isn't 48 Hours, like, that same deal where it's, like, serious cop movie plus comedy? It has been a long time since I've seen the movie. So, again, I'm just wondering how this movie is the one that got an Oscar nomination. Because it just kind of throws it in the face of, like, what I just said. It was like, oh, it's kind of a model for other movies of its type. And I, I guess that's still true, but no, I mean, there was... Again, it's not really a buddy comedy movie. There's mm-hmm. aspects of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'm just. Uh, I feel like I. I don't. I don't have my handle on on that reason. I think it's a good movie. I just don't know. Like it's just not a movie that gets nominated for original screenplay or whatever. That's so bizarre to me. I think he wanted more commentary on on race and fish out of water in Beverly Hills. Oh, I'm so glad that's not in this movie. I mean, I, I think that's kind of what he was referencing in, oh. in his video and then his comment about, like, they took out all the satire of it. I, I completely, I don't want that movie. I don't, I think that's, that would date the movie in a, in a way that, like, Rush Hour is dated because, like, it's kind of casually racist to Jackie Chan the whole movie. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this Asian guy running around. It's so funny. He doesn't know how to turn, do this or do that. I'm like, no, I don't want that. It dates the movie so bad. It's not, like, it's easy. I don't, I don't, I would, I don't necessarily consider that set unless it's about, like, there's some of that. I mean, he, at the, at the, um, hotel when he checks in, he poses as a Rolling Stone writer, um, because there's no reservations. And so he, he says he's interviewing Michael Jackson and he kind of has this like really quick like rant about, uh, oh, you, what do you mean? You're not gonna, well, all of a sudden you don't want me to get a room there? Um, I don't know. I just don't want, I don't want more of that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be commented on because then it is about, that and not about what this is movie is about, mm-hmm. which is this character. And I don't know. I just think that that is, I don't know. That's easy. And I don't, I don't like it. I'm glad it, I'm glad it doesn't do that. So there you yeah. go, Roger. I disagree. I mean, and it was 1984, but he really wanted to go that way. He even goes in depth. He's like, at this point, the movie can go in one of two directions. It can become a perceptive and pointed satire about American attitudes showing how the, I don't even know these words, ultrachic denizens of Beverly Hills react to this black cop from Detroit, or it can go for broad, cheap laughs and plug into a standard plot borrowed from countless TV crime shows. I like the broad comedy. It works 30 years later. So 40 you, years later. I am having a major issue. Will you confirm to me while you're on the internet that this movie was nominated for it original was, screenplay? yeah, I've read that, yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I just, I don't want that. I, I feel like maybe that's what you want at the time, and maybe... If I were a critic at that period, I'd be like, yeah, I wish this was had some more meat on its bones. But, like, the reason it doesn't have that meat is why I think it has it been able up. to survive. It, it allows us almost 40. How many years? Because whatever it has to say is not going to be... I mean, do you really want this movie to do that weight? No. Like, to pull that weight? I don't. Uh-huh. Like, there's there's not a lot of... I mean, there is there are scenarios where that could work, but, like, I just feel like there's more opportunity there to blow it than to, yeah. to nail the way it is the way it is. Yeah. So I just no, I don't want that. Um, it's funny how time does that, though. We didn't talk about the theme song, which I mean, <laughs> delightfully, it is used so much. <laughs> like once they get there, insert theme song here. I, we, you know, we used to not even, we wouldn't have to do that if I, if you, if I had my keyboard that I had when I was 12 years old, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't need you to insert a clip because I could just pull that keyboard out because the first thing I learned to play on the keyboard was, oh, when the saints go marching in. But then the second thing I learned, (laughs) (laughs) the second thing I learned on that keyboard was the theme song. I thought you were going to say was hot crust buns, but then. What'd you say? Hot crust buns. Hot crust buns. What's that? Hot crust buns. Hot crust buns. What the? How do you not know? How do you not fucking know that song? It's like the first song you learn on like no. the recorder. Well, no, it's that's it goes. No, that's a, there's other words. There's different words to that. It's called hot cross buns. No, there's like, see how they run, see how they run. They all go three. That's three blind mice. Yeah, it's the same tune as you know. Many nursery rhymes have the same tune. But what is hot buns about? Hot cross buns. I don't know. It's the what same is thing. a hot that I? You, that's probably racist. You don't even realize how racist hot that cross is. Hot cross buns. Oh my god, you've been playing this your racist theatre. I mean, you just activated. You just activated Q. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's racist, man. Hot. Oh my god, you're gonna, it's some horrible thing is gonna come up on here. No, it's not. You just registered for the Republican Party. Oh god, it's so, it's so, no, it's not. It's fine. <laughs> let's think... listen to his, oh, let's see. How do you not know this song, Tyler? I don't know it. What? <laughs> okay, let's play it for a second. I, I'm afraid of the racism. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Well, it's giving us an intro. <laughs> Hold on. Hot three blind mice to a penny hot cross buns. Hot. Okay, stop playing it. <laughs> That's it. It's actually different than three blind mice. But those three blind mice, <laughs> three blind mice. Is that is that like anti ableist or whatever? See how they run. <laughs> I mean, no, they're running. They're mice. And they're like, watch them run. I don't know. Anyway, I could play the theme song. I could do the, the Axel Foley theme, um, which is weird because at the time, I'm pretty sure I had never seen Beverly Hills Cop, but man, that was a that was a song we all knew how to do in the can, 90s. Can you sing the song? Holy shit, you did. Oh, wow. You just whipped that shit out. Damn, Tyler. Do 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 so, have you do you know any, do you have any memory of the um, the two sequels to this movie? Because I sure don't. I don't, but I feel like if you turn them on, we've probably watched them they're, on TV. They're right? not With well. I think people think the second one's okay, and the third one is not not liked at all. People do not like that movie. They tried to make a television show, um, where it was going to be like old, like there'd be a new Axel Foley, and then Eddie Murphy was going to show up like every now and again. And then it never went to series, and now I think that they are in development on just a movie again. Kind of similar to how he made Coming to America uh, 2 recently. He's now maybe going to do Beverly Hills Cop, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if we necessarily need that, but you know, I haven't even watched uh, Coming to America yet, so I don't even really know how that worked out. So people seem to thought it was okay, but... Yeah, we should probably watch it. Watch the old one, watch the new one. Yeah, we could. But now it's the summer of 
Brockheimer. Well, you're going to notice, I think, um, and this should be an interesting experiment for future episodes this summer, is that exactly what you just pointed out with Roger Ebert. Um, these films are not well-reviewed in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Beverly Hills Cop is largely considered to be a People like critical it. hit, too. Yeah. That one is. Despite um, Roger Ebert's sour review. But Brockheimer movies, in, uh, up until, you know, I think Pirates of the Car- Caribbean kind of ended up breaking that mold a little bit because it was... Um, a throwback on one hand, but also just, um, you know, it had a very dynamic lead performance. Like, that was well-reviewed when it came out. It was a big hit, right? But, like, these movies that were hits, like, box office hits, were not... And movies that uh, we grew up, you know, we, as we became, like, teenagers in the 90s, you know, we were drawn to this, like, relentless, crazy action and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. But they were not necessarily um, critical hits. I think a lot of people thumbed their nose at it. Obviously, the Michael Bay business uh people thumb their nose at um, well i mean rightfully so for most of his work but well, just watch yourself okay but i'm just come on i'm just saying like he's not a he he's he's a people's uh, you know he he's making a movie Very for the people broad. it's they're not they're not awards they're not awards magnets um pearl harbor was like the attempt to do it and it ended up being a disaster Agreed. um you know, Armageddon was one of the first movies I feel like I cried in a theater watching. Right, and I I can't wait to address this this to watch that movie because like like there's a lot like that's wrong with Ar- like Armageddon is like if you look at like the structure oh, of that God. movie maybe like, I shouldn't watch it no because I ruined I, the beautiful no because I've seen that it. movie uh, well after its real big launch and you like the charm of it is you you know why the charm is there and we can talk about it when we get to it but like these movies are not necessarily structurally sound <laughs> I mean another Brockheimer movie is like which we may or may not talk about soon like Top Gun beloved movie right but like these things are not like they were not like they're not the Oscar movies. That's why I was so surprised to hear that this was even nominated because it's not the kind of movie know, that crazy. critics will typically attra- get attract themselves to. I mean, yeah. I, so this is kind of the theme of like of this series. This is like, are these movies good? Uh, what is good? How do we, of our memories of this? What of our our adolescent brains? What did that? Yeah. Tell us when we were young that we thought it was good. Maybe they're not. Beverly Hills Cop is is a tough one for us because we we were we didn't see it when we were younger. I don't think so. It's but hard I'm to pleasantly engage. surprised how much I enjoyed it on this viewing. But I, I I mean a lot of it I think has to like okay Oscar nomination aside I think a lot of this success largely just falls on Eddie Murphy. Like I think that's the reason why why you watch the movie and that's why it's good, right? Yes. So anyway, it's not. It's less of a you don't you don't get a feel of what the Brockheimer type is from this yet because it's no, very early. No, no, no. But no. I mean, it, he really hit his stride when I mean, once he found Michael Bay, my God, that was just it's like, like a the, match made in heaven. <laughs> at least for a couple movies, anyway. So anyway, Beverly Hills Cop, love it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, not from Siskel and Ebert. They gave it two thumbs down. Boo on them. That's all I got to say about Beverly Hills Cop. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate your time and hope to have you listen to another episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies. Stay tuned next week as our summer of Brockheimer continues with Summer Cat. No, that's not right. 
Oh, you fucked that up. What? What are you trying to... I'm just kidding. I was going to say we were going to do some different movie. Then the only movie I could think of, because I said Summer, was Summer Catch, that Freddie Prince Jr. uh, baseball movie that came out in like 2005, and it is certainly not something you should watch. Wow. I was going to come up with some like other, like Terms of Endearment or something like that. What's in that bag over there? What are you talking about? Nobody cares. garbage bag right there. Oh my God, this is why no What is in that bag right there? garbage bag are you talking about? This big one. Oh my God. What's in there? Rustle through it. Yeah, it's well, like shoes and shit. I don't know. Shoes. You brought it in. You brought it into this room. You keep bringing shit and you complain about the clutter, but you are the one who brings the clutter in. I hate you so much right now. You bring the clutter in. Because I'm responsible for rotating the clothes for the four kids. The one thing you're responsible for. And all the of a sudden, one thing. Did you just say <laughs> yeah, the, the one, one thing, thing you're responsible for? Oh, I'm going to strangle you. And really, you're responsible. It comes with me washing the clothes and then like putting them away and then pulling out the old stuff like it is a collaboration is what it is it's a collaboration of a process i have to lift the basket in and out of the garage like it's 50 percent me baby oh my god (laughs) did you just say it's 50 percent you 50 49 49 me 51 percent you no yes (laughs) no 45 percent I wish I could close this out with a Beverly Hills ref- cop reference about this conversation, but I have nothing. What? <laughs> I was going to say something like, I'm going to shoot you in the head or something. Oh, like, my God. Like, I'm going to... Do I'm you gonna, hear that? <laughs> like the character in the movie. Well, now, regardless of what happens to me, if I'm ever murdered, you're, you are on record. You are going down for I the crime. I was going to say that. You were going down for I the crime. I didn't say I'm going so to. So, it doesn't even matter. It's got... Oh, I hope I don't get... Cause whoever wants to kill me now gets a free pass because they'll just arrest <laughs> you. Yeah, they'll just arrest you because it's like, well, she said it on a podcast. So that's all the evidence we need. If I get one of them Beverly Hills lame cops... Oh, my God. Gotta get a real they cop to investigate my death. <laughs> They're gonna get a free pass. Thanks I'm gonna a lot. listen to podcasts just in case someone threatens someone so I can commit a crime. I'll, and I'll be screaming the hiccups. I'll be like, free pass! Hey, listen... Internet, don't steal this movie idea. What oh a great God, idea for a movie. <laughs> it's the podcast killer. Well, I'll just listen to people threaten other people on podcasts, and then they will have the... the <laughs> <coughs> oh my God, I'm choking and hiccuping. You're killing me. That's right. our show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll talk at you another movie.